Welcome to Owning the Masters, a podcast where we discuss business, entrepreneurship, and lifestyle for the culture. I'm your host, Be the Boss, and I am here with my most special guest. And I can say that this will be my probably my most special guest that I ever have on my podcast. <laughs> my child, one of them, <laughs> her favorite, but she ain't gonna say that on the. I don't have favorites. Um, Kyla Jones. Owner of Body Posta Art Studio, owner of Nine, Nine Lives, Lives Tea and Body Co., owner of her own life and her business because she's 18 and I love that for me. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, pumpkin. Hi, mother. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you for coming. You owe me. I know. Yeah. I knew. So we are going to have a very special conversation today. So I brought her on because um, it'll be a very interesting dynamic. Um, I am a millennial parent of a Gen Zer. So we are very close in age. <laughs> and I think that I have a very unique parenting style. Um, and this is kind of a new chapter in my life, having an adult kid. So I have an 18-year-old, I have a teenager, a 14-year-old, and I also have a six-year-old. So I have children kind of across different generations. So this is the first one that I've raised from start to finish, and she survived it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk about it a little bit. You ready? Yeah. Okay. So um, she turned 18 May 29th. So she's been an adult approximately 90 days. It has only been three months. <laughs> How's the first 90 days? <laughs> How, how's the first 90, 120 days of adulthood been going? Um, it's, it's, it's been good. I can say I've learned quite a bit uh, just in the little bit of time. I understand everything my mama was trying to tell me. Now that I'm an adult, because I didn't understand when I was having to live underneath her house and her rules and I was pretty much sheltered from everything else. But now that I'm not and now that I'm like I'm out there because I don't I don't really live with her right now either. So, yeah, now that I'm out there, it's hard. Kids of yeah, kids of parents don't 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 grow up too fast because you're definitely going to want to go back. And let's preface to say you heard her say she no longer lives yeah. under my roof. <laughs> <laughs> so we we can start there. Ooh. How much of that do you want to share? I'm fine with it all. I'm very transparent. <laughs> okay. okay. Um. So let's see. It's been. <laughs> I haven't lived with you in July. Two months. July has been about three months. Oh, it's been months. yeah. Yeah. It's been a minute. Um, just to preface, I did not put her out. No, I chose to leave, guys. I chose to leave. Hindsight's twenty twenty now. I probably should have stayed at home with my mama, but I left, and that was the choice that I made. I mean, yeah. I mean, I feel like for for life purposes, for me understanding for my own sake, it was a lot easier for me to understand for my own sake not living with you <laughs> anymore. But as far as the whole me moving out in the first place, I probably shouldn't have did it, especially under the circumstances that I dated under. Um, what have also, you learned? 18 year olds, young people, don't move in with your significant other. Oh my God, please don't. <laughs> please don't. Because that's what I did. And I'm not going to say it's going bad, but I it, it, it definitely could be going better. But it just probably something probably was something that I shouldn't have done at the age that I'm at, not knowing everything that I pretty that I need to know to be able to do that. Which I mean, you live and you learn because life is a learning experience. I'm realizing from asking a whole bunch of people about how to live adulthood that nobody knows what they're doing. Thanks. So I'm just trying to figure it out too. But honestly, hindsight's twenty twenty. I wouldn't have moved out under the circumstances that I did, and if I would have moved out like if I if going back and being able to do it over again I probably would have moved out with my friend instead of moving out with a person that I didn't move out with because it just probably wasn't a good idea for me to do other mm. than that though I okay so let me see how do I say this um I was freaked out at first when you left 
I oh, definitely know. had a shell shock for a good <laughs> a good two weeks. I was in mental turmoil, and it was like because um, I had you at nineteen. So I went straight from being somebody's child to being somebody's parent. So my identity as an adult is being your mother. Your mother specifically because I've been your mother the entire time I've been an adult. Right. So, you know, I kind of had to shed my identity from you. That's why it's important as parents to understand our role. Um, we don't own our kids. Our kids, we raise them for them to leave. That's the whole point of parenthood is guide them so that they can leave. They don't belong to us. Ultimately, they have to go out and live their own lives. And I kind of had to remember that because that's always what I've known in theory. But to actually have to walk through it, it was hard. And I think that um, the biggest thing I had to learn was that I had to trust my parenting. Mm-hmm. Because I had to sit back and think, like, you know what? I did a good job. I did a good job. She has a good head on her shoulders. And we had a long conversation about, you know, her moving and things like that. And she was felt strongly that it was the right thing for her to do. So, ultimately, I had to suck it up and respect you as a woman now and not as my child. Because you're not my child anymore. You know, you're, right. I birthed you. You're my daughter but you're not my child. So I had to learn how to respect your decisions as a young lady and not force you to do things because you're my kid. Right. So it's definitely like learning detachment on another level. Detaching from something that's literally a part of you. Like we shared DNA. We shared a body for nine months. And again, my identity as an adult, because I had you so young, was wrapped up in being your mom. So I had to detach from myself as well as your mom because, like I said, that was that was my identity. So now I'm learning how to change my role in your life and become less parenty mm -hmm. and more like a coach. So I think our relationship now is good because you kind of tag me in right. when you need me. <laughs> and I love it because when you get on my nerves, I don't have to talk to you every day. <laughs> I can that hang up on true. her and I cannot talk to her for a week. <laughs> and we good. Sometimes we need that space apart because you have been in my life, my whole adult mm -hmm. life. So we get on each other's nerves. And I, mm -hmm. another thing, I actually do kind of think that like, honestly, like I said, if I was to do it over again, there's definitely things that I would change about the way that I went about said situation with me leaving. But, like, in all honesty, I do feel like me and my mom's relationship is a lot better because I feel like we're so much alike that we clash heads sometimes. Well, not sometimes. We clash heads a lot. But I don't think so. Not not like a lot, a lot, but like not like fighting a lot, but like we just bicker sometimes. And it's just like we get I on each other's up. nerves. You get on my nerves. Yeah, for we sure. get on each other's nerves real bad. Yeah. And so sometimes the space is a little bit better because then we can just like we can talk to each other when we need to. Not when we need to, but like when we have the energy to do so. Because also another thing I've realized about being an adult, like, you know, like when you have, well, I don't know, viewers, some of y'all might have kids. Some of y'all might not have kids, but a lot of y'all that do got kids and work, it is hard to come home from work and to try to entertain a whole bunch of people. I barely want to entertain myself. I just go to sleep after I get home from work because I just don't have the energy. And so now I understand, like, with her, when I was younger, not having the energy sometimes to, like, talk to us and entertain us, but it makes it a little bit easier because now we don't have to entertain entertain, entertain each other when we're sick of each other. Mm -hmm. Well, my rule when they were very young, when Cameron and my 14-year-old and Kyla were very young, was that I need 20 minutes when I walk through the door. Right. No, I remember that. It's mandatory <laughs> 20 minutes of don't talk to me. Like, literally, I would have to tell them, mommy been home for... 20, 20 minutes, I set a timer for 20 minutes. I will go in my room. I will lock my door, change my clothes, take a shower, lay on my bed and just look stupid in pure <laughs> solitude for 20 minutes. And then I can come and interact. I trained my kids that way. It sounds, they're not dogs, but <laughs> I definitely like, that, that is a rule. That's a boundary 
that I had to have in my household as a single parent because there was nobody else to um, take on those responsibilities. So I got off work. It would give me some time to decompress, get myself together, and then I could be 100% for you guys. Right. Because when you working and interacting with people all day. It's exhausting. I understood when I worked at Starbucks. Especially when you're in a service field where you have to deal with people all day. Yeah, it's not for the week. Mm. And now that I'm like a nail tech and stuff and I'm in it all day, every day, it is not for the week. Sometimes I go home wanting to cry. (laughs) Because I'm like a social person, but I can make myself social. I'm not social by like default. It's definitely a learned trait. She talks a lot. I talk a lot, but that doesn't mean... she's not shy. Yeah. She's an introvert. Yeah. For sure. (laughs) I know how to exert it when it's needed. But yeah, just being like that. Sorry. Just just being like that and like having to teach myself how to do that. I understand now. It's coming like a lot of like me. Honestly, let's just break it down like this. Me in this little 90, 120 days, I've been an adult. (laughs) I've been realizing a whole lot of stuff that my mama been telling me since I was little. And I'm like, oh, like like applying it. You know, like at school, you get taught some things. Some of them you use, some of them you don't. Oh, no, I'm using all of it because I understand where she was coming from. Like when you're a kid, it's coming from like a selfish point of view. Like you don't understand where the other person's coming from. You've never experienced it, nor have you had to. So you're like, why are you acting like that? You know, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? No, you understand when you are in it it's it definitely becomes like a oh I understand what she meant now because I think with parents especially parents of multiple kids like my job is to um sustain the greater good so when I make rules or set boundaries for us the rule or the boundary is in place for everybody because it's going to benefit us as a collective. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, somebody's always going to feel slighted because you can't please all the people all the time. But I know if everybody is 40% happy, right. <laughs> whether it's somebody being zero, somebody being 95, somebody being 50, if everybody is at 40%, then that compromise has been right. made and I did a good job. Makes it a little bit easier for everybody. It makes it a little bit easier. If we all pissed off, then I did something right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> it sounds crazy, but I feel like um, that's just learning how learning, well, te- learning and teaching compromise. On that note, also learned a lot about that, being in a relationship. Okay, talk about it. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Me and my significant other get on each other's nerves so bad. And I'm the type of person, I want what I want when I want it. And I've always been that way. Spoiled. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But he's also the same way. So two people like that in a relationship, we bump heads a lot. And I've kind of had, like, I have siblings and stuff. So I kind of have already realized compromise. And I'm the oldest. So I kind of been in it a little bit. I do it when forced because she would force me. I had no choice. I have to teach. I have to treat my siblings as such. I don't, I don't have a choice with that one. Mm-hmm. But and you're the oldest. Yeah. So you will have to compromise the most. Exactly. The so I'm used to I'm kind of like I'm not going to say like completely used to it, but I'm used to it. But I'm not used to it dealing with it um, with somebody that's on the same level as me. So it's it's been a little bit of a learning curve because of me being that way. Yeah, that's that's another thing I've had to learn. Just learning how to compromise. Also, keeping my mouth shut because not all not all fights need or arguments need to be not need to be had. Not all of them are worth it. My greatest advice when it comes to that <laughs> is be okay with losing the battle as long as you don't lose yourself. So there was a quote, not necessarily a quote, but there was like a an interview that Maya Angelou did. Um, I think it was one of her last interviews with Oprah, and she was asking her uh, what was one of the greatest lessons that you taught your son. And she said that the greatest lesson lesson that she taught her son was that you have to keep a space within yourself that is just for you, that nobody has access to. 
And the second somebody gets under your skin or triggers your immune system to the point where you feel like they are reaching that point of touching that place, you have to back off. Because that is, that's for you. Yeah, let anybody. That's giving your power away. Right. So the most important thing you can do sometimes is to be quiet. Because silence sometimes can speak louder than words. And sometimes people being, sometimes when people bicker and fight with you, it's because they don't know how to communicate something. But that doesn't mean you have to stoop down to that level. So you can try to communicate what you're trying to say. And then some people are just going to be committed to misunderstanding you. And at that point, you don't waste your words. Right, because there's no point. Right. And I've learned in communicating with men especially, um, listening and being quiet, actually men will tell you everything that they want if, if you listen to them. <laughs> they do facts this i learned this from my daddy i said dad i had men tell me a lot of times that i don't listen i don't listen i don't listen i said how how what is he talking about i don't listen i hear everything he's saying he was like but you talk too much sometimes you just need to be quiet yeah and i have that problem i mm-hmm. definitely have that problem because we can be headstrong and we want to see things our way but Sometimes, like I said, you have to be okay with losing the battle. Losing the battle to avoid losing yourself. Right. And sometimes if you be quiet and come back to the conversation later, it's a whole different conversation. Or the conversation is never had at all because y'all were both tired or y'all had a bad day or somebody pissed him off or somebody pissed me off. And what I was upset about in the moment wasn't even me. Right. I mean, it wasn't even anything you did. It's just you're the person that's in closest proximity to me. And I can't say nothing to my boss at work. So I'm going to come home and I still need to release this anger that's built up in my body. So the second you say, what what do you want to eat? I don't want to make another decision today. So I'm going to pop off on you. I don't know what I want to eat. Like, I don't care. Just make something. Go to the store. And, and, And it turns into something that it really didn't need to be when it was really that your boss was talking crazy to you at work. So in those moments where you're like, okay, you, you you getting hyped up a little bit? All right, babe. <laughs> I'll come back and ask you later. Or it's okay, babe. I'm going to go figure out dinner. This is what we're going to have. I'll be back. And that's vice versa. Right. That, that should always be reciprocal. And the longer that you spend time with somebody, you kind of learn their patterns. And it's just not in romantic relationships. It's with friendships. No, too. yeah. And I was about to say, even with, like, family, because I've, I've found myself doing that, too. Because, like, a lot of my relationships before, they were, like, kitty little, they were, like, little kitty relationships. So I never had to be with them a whole bunch like that. I never was, like, in their face, like, even when I didn't want them in my face. Like, it was never like that because I never had to live with nobody before. But now, like, I ain't have to, I didn't end up taking stuff out on people. I would just talk to them when I wanted to talk to them. But this situation is, like, different because I can't talk to him whenever I want to talk to him. It's like, you're in my face all the time. So it's either, like, get out of my face or we just start going at it. And I'm just like, come on now. But I also have realized, yeah, like you said, like, it is the people that are in in closest proximity to you because Mm -hmm. we have situations like that. Mm-hmm. where you just got to, like, not. I think as you mature, you'll learn how to be more self-aware. You'll learn how to be more self-aware and in touch with your own feelings mm-hmm. because ultimately it's not about, it's never about the other person. And we kind of had this conversation Yeah, I was going to say, you day. says always about It is you. always about, it's, it never has anything to, to do, do with, with you. you. It's always the other person. The most important of the four agreements is my, in my opinion, is never take anything personal. My therapist taught me that every time I would come in and be like, this happened and this happened and this person said, he was like, don't take it personal. And I was like, what do you mean? That's, so, that's my, it ain't about you. It ain't never about you. Now, I feel it's, like in our society, we make so, we make things so like us oriented, like, everything's about us we're so egocentrical that we don't think about anything else like we honestly I was talking I was having this conversation with somebody the other day 
a lot of like the way that we behave and the way that we act in like this just this day and age even adults it's like reverting back to like talking to a child we have no patience we don't know how to communicate nothing Nothing. like it's so gone like so far gone and i'm just like it's It's hard to build it's hard to build relationships with people the reason why i don't have many friends because it's hard to meet people my age that have the level of communication and understanding of other people other than themselves it's hard to find that within between honestly between 18 and 30 because i know 30 40 year olds that don't know how to do it (laughs) that act like adult overgrown children Mm -hmm. oh yeah we definitely oh we know some overgrown children we know a lot of overgrown (laughs) children that's that's very true also another thing i've i've kind of noticed and observed while being an an adult overgrown children like you're looking at (laughs) you're looking you're as an 18 year old as a young person who has just become an adult it's different because when you're like 17 and you don't have that tag of being an adult because you're not 18 yet, you haven't been fully And somebody inducted. is still responsible for you ultimately. Exactly. So you look at things a little bit different. You don't have that title on you because at the end of the day, adult is just a title. You have to be mature enough to be an adult. Otherwise, you're just a, still a child. You end up becoming a man boy. Or, or a girl woman. A girl woman. Exactly. But like I said, what was I even talking about? I don't even remember. <laughs> People being egocentrical. Yeah. And selfish. Yeah. But like me, I, that's, I know what I was talking about. Okay. So like with me just turning 18 and stuff, I've realized with a lot of adults that I've been around, how like truly childish that behaviors that they, that they do are. Mm-hmm. Because I'm just like, no way that at your big age, you're acting like that. Two years ago, I wouldn't have thought that because I'm just like, I, you're an adult. What do I you what do I say life. to you? I'm not in the style of I'm not in the point of life that you're in for me to even judge you. I don't know how to adult. I'm not even going to say nothing to you or have any thoughts that are judgmental. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm in it and I kind of know like the guidelines of what being an adult entails. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you actually doing? Mm-hmm. It is a level of awareness that I've gained from other people just is wild to me <laughs> is wild to me because i like to people watch too and yeah. just like yeah the the observations are truly astonishing and seeing how people like move yeah 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 maturity has nothing to do with age no and i'm realizing that maturity has everything to do with maturity is a choice in my opinion you have to choose maturity some people Elaborate. are okay with just not growing being stagnant and not healing whatever they've been through you have to choose that being mature is a choice being adult is a choice we got a lot of grown people out here yeah but being grown and being mature are two completely different things and it's just wild how many grown people how many adults are raising little people acting the way that they do and I honestly feel like that's the reason why Gen Zers act the way that we do. Also, I had this conversation with my mom. I also attribute a lot of that, like people my age acting the way that they do a lot of their behaviors. I do attribute a lot of that to COVID. And that's coming from a COVID kid. I know a lot of people, a lot of adults don't think that COVID really had a impact on people. But no, it, it definitely did. And I'm one of the people that it had an impact on. It had an impact on our attention spans. It had an impact on drug use. It had an impact on loneliness. Like, even... Mental health, yeah. Mental health, yeah. Yeah. The amount of kids that I know that are still in high school that are on, like, addicted to drugs, like, like heavy, that weren't before, is just wild. Yeah. And I think, again, it kind of goes back to two two points. Um, The selfishness of our society now and that's just mm-hmm. i think that like 2020 to really 2022 was traumatic for everybody yeah everybody's just trying um, to cope especially the children it was a lot of loss it was a lot of change it was a lot of adjusting um and i feel like as a kid i didn't really pay it attention until you told me but as a kid i could imagine 
trying to, especially because during COVID, you were, how old were you? You 14. were 15. Yeah, I was 15. You were 15. Um, you turned 15. Turn 15 in 2020, yet. you turned 15. Yeah, no, I was 15. Um, so being at that weird age <laughs> of 15. Not knowing yourself. Not knowing yourself and then having like school is disrupted. Um, then people around you, like we had a lot of loss, people dying, people sick, people, you know, the world was shut down. And like as parents, we just trying to survive. But I think a lot of children, like we really didn't think about the aftermath of how that affected our kids because kids, um, if you were raised in my generation, kids were just supposed to adjust. But now I think a lot of parents are learning, like, we can barely adjust. Right. So how can we expect our kids with fragile minds to just be able to adjust when the world around us is hard for the adults to digest? Not only are, not only are like, kids like that, but we're also very, very susceptible to things that we see. So a lot of, like... This goes back to the conversation that well the the thing that I literally just said, like a lot of adults or middle aged people definitely judge kids that were in quarantine, say that it wasn't hard. But just imagine trying to imagine yourself in high school, just starting high school, having to figure out yourself, having to figure out what you like and don't like, having to figure out how to um navigate situations that you've never even experienced heard of nothing mm -hmm. until you were you well you missed three years of having to do that so you have to wait to do that until you're like 17 18 yep so my junior year was an absolute train wreck because I was trying to live out all the high school experiences that I was seeing online and hearing people talk about and this and that and this and that because I had never gotten to experience, hear, see nothing. Like, you're just in your home. You're completely sheltered. So when you get all of those ideas and you get a whole bunch of kids coming up to you with all these ideas and you're like, dang, I've been locked up for two, three years. Mm -hmm. Shoot, tap me in. Then you're going to want to. Like, yeah. you're going to want to. those are just formative years. Like, high school, like, most people in American society, like, high school is a big deal. We have prom, we have the social things, we're preparing for college. Like we have, like those are formative, memorable years. You always make your closest friends, a lot of your best friends you make during high school, like as you're growing during those years. And so you guys missed all that. And not like, only you that, didn't you get to have like, you didn't get to have prom. Well, you did. but you I didn't go. Didn't go. Okay. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> but like. You know, like the dances and the games, football games, basketball homecoming. games, homecoming, like none of it. things like that. You guys didn't get any of that. And not only did we not get it, but when we did get it, like prom and stuff, all that into my senior year, which was last year. And really even this year, it was really this year. So waiting until this year to have something that wasn't social distance. So you're not yeah. only having to learn something like from people. It's just like adulting, okay? Kids are just trying to figure it out yeah. just as well as adults. High school is a type is a time where you're not learning things from your you're learning things from your parents. Your parents are guiding you. But initially you're learning everything that you know about how to interact with people your age from school. Mm -hmm. So you're missing out on how to do all of that. So just like adults are trying to navigate dealing with other adults and having to figure that out when they it's like the shell shock of turning 18. Like when you don't have COVID, like honestly, me turning 18 was my shell shock to everything because I never really got the shell shock of high school. I was in high, high school, school for experience like. experience was different though. Yeah, I was in high school for three months. So we can talk about kind of go. You okay with elaborating like your high school experience? Yeah. I'll give a synopsis. So it says she was a freshman in 2019. Um, so you went through. One semester of freshman year, which is always rough for everybody, being 14, going into high bad. school. Is what she's trying to say. <laughs> you are terrible, <laughs> but you definitely had a little brief rebellious period. <laughs> <laughs> so first, first semester of her freshman year was a little rough. And then we had the first half of the second semester freshman year, spring Not break. Even. It was like two weeks. We didn't even no, have no. You did. You went the first half of the first semester, the first half of the first second semester of freshman year, and then COVID because y'all went to spring break and never went back to school. 
Oh, shoot. Yeah, we did. So, you know, COVID hit in March. So y'all just never went back Sheesh. after yeah, spring Yeah, they were break. like, you, you, they were like, uh, I remember seeing something on the news, like literally two days before I never went back to school. Yep. They were like, uh, you guys are going to be out of school for two weeks, probably. This will yeah. probably be your last day. Get your stuff out your locker. We were like, oh. And they never okay. went back. And we didn't go back until junior year. <laughs> yeah. Yep, you never went back. So that was that was March. Went fast forward. Sophomore year, we still were in quarantine. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they were semi-quarantined. You were semi-quarantined. Sophomore, sophomore year. Because you sophomore still year, had the soccer. Sophomore year, the only thing was like. You were able to play soccer. Yeah, the only so thing they were really doing was like sports. Outside sports. Yeah, outside sports. So she started playing soccer just as something to do because she needed to get out of the house. Mm-hmm. Um. And then we were still in quarantine school, and then your dad passed away. Yep. Yep. So, oh, I'm going to try not to cry, y'all. <laughs> um, so 2020, September 2020, her father passed away at 15 in the middle of COVID. Yeah. Just trying to start high school, trying to socialize. So that was a huge deal for us. Yeah. Like, it was, it was very sudden. Um, he was 34. So we... Definitely, we're not expecting it at yeah. all. And um, it was out of nowhere. Yeah, nobody was. Yeah, it was. I I remember the day we were. I was coming home from a game. We had just more. We had just won a game. I don't remember who we went against. We had just. I had just come. come I had just come home from a, a soccer game, and then my uncle called my mom, and then like told her everything. Yeah, I didn't believe it was real. I was still in my jersey and everything. It was wild. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I didn't believe. It. I thought it was a joke. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was a joke. We had had a previous experience where, you know, her dad was on life support for some time. This was when you were 11. Yep. Um, so I'm on and his And they were, you know, but he. Near. Yeah, you did. Um, but then he came back because he was a G. <laughs> <laughs> he bounced back like nothing ever happened. And yeah. But in, in 2020, when we got that call, like, I thought it was like, you know, like the last time. I'm like, he going to bounce back. He going to be all right. And he was like, nah. He he gone, like for real gone. Um, and during that time, like it had been her dad kinda had a hard time with her becoming a young woman. Yeah, me and him were like arguing at the time because he just couldn't get over the fact that his little girl was not a little girl anymore. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so yeah, we were just kind of bashing not heads. Seeing eye to eye completely. And that just made it a little bit harder. Yeah. Because we weren't really on speaking terms. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, that happened. And, that you know, that's a tough thing to navigate as a 15-year-old. Like, you were a kid. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out, like, life with boys and this and that. And I'm, like, just figuring it out for real and, like, needing him to be there. Mm-hmm. And just having to navigate, like, relationships and how men think and being around dudes and all this. Like, just all of that. One thing I will say, though, about your dad, though, and he and we used to go back and forth about this a lot. Like he and I used to butt heads because I felt like, yes, I always feel like he was very open with with her about everything, um, about the struggles that he had in his life, about him being a teenager, about how he was raised. Like he he kind of had some struggles in his life and he was in and out. But I allow him to be the best parent he could be. So he, you know, when he did have her, he would he would tell her a lot. He gave yeah. her up. Me and him had some me and him had some real, real life conversations at a young age. I remember him trying to gay me up and tell me like little stuff about like about just living life and people because he had definitely had a lot more life experience than, than a most. lot of people I know. Yeah. So he was the one to hear it from. But yeah, I would get upset because I'm like, stop telling her everything. You are stealing <laughs> my baby's innocence. But in hindsight, that was like God's way of he gave you the tools. He gave you the tools like God knew he wasn't going to be around for this stage of your life. So he did that. He put that on his heart to share with you so he could game you up before he left. Yep. (laughs) And the thing about it is like um, the one thing I could say, even though you did lose your dad at such a young age, and we've talked about this before, like you don't have a daddy wound. 
No, I don't. Because he he definitely did everything to his best of his ability. I don't have a wound in, like, I miss him being there. Yeah. Like, I miss what could have been. That's more so, like, the grieving that I go through when it comes to my dad. Because I I miss and grieve the time that we could have spent together. And the time, well, the time we did spend together. And then the time we could have spent together where he could have been in my life a lot more. Mm -hmm. But I don't, like, lack love when it comes to, like, father. Father figures, because I have more than enough father figures. But even then, like my dad made sure that he told me he loved me. He made sure that I knew whether we were arguing or not. Mm -hmm. And he always like, I don't I will never have like I knew I knew I was his princess. Like Mm -hmm. I never will have a wound when it comes to like that type of thing where it's like, I don't know if my dad loved me or this and that. Like I'm never going to worry about that because I know that he did. Mm hmm. 110% 110% you were his you one tell everybody only. about me like there was people at his funeral that I didn't even know that knew about me that were like oh you B's daughter you B's daughter I was like I don't even know you he was well, like yeah I mean, you would tell me so much about him you would tell me so much about you this and that and this and that and I was like oh well I, I mean don't you know do you. have nice his entire <laughs> face so the funny part about it is she looks exactly like her dad <laughs> So people that know or knew her dad, like they see her and like there is no question. She literally is a clone of her father. <laughs> I don't even know how it happened. <laughs> she wasn't even there. I wasn't. It was immaculate conception. <laughs> I was just a, a carrier. But yeah, you definitely are his twin. So people don't know when you right. walk up. But also I, I would tell her that like a lot, like when, when you were little and your dad wouldn't be there. I'd be like, well, if you ever want to see your daddy, just go look in the mirror. <laughs> you get to see his face every day. Literally, you get to see his face every single day because you you are his twin. 110%. No, for real. <laughs> so, yeah. But just being able to navigate grief as a teenager is hard. hard. And from a parent <laughs> standpoint, having to parent you through that because I still have my parents. I'm 37 years old. I still have my parents. I'm 37 years old and still have grandparents. Right. So, and both of my grandparents. I have my mom, my dad, I have a stepmom, and I have my grandparents, and they're both living. I don't have parents on my grandparents on my dad's side, but my mom's parents are still alive and well. No, oh, so yeah. So to have experienced a loss <laughs> like that, to have to parent you through something I've never been through, um, you know, it was it was different. But it's about empathy, and I never wanted you. My biggest thing was not wanting to push you through however you felt because I didn't feel like that. I didn't understand. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to make sure that you had the space to be able to feel whatever it was that you needed to feel in order to be able to grieve in your own way. I didn't want to push you through um, your process. Right. And you didn't. Yeah. And that's one thing that I always thank you for, because I don't know mm-hmm. how I would have dealt with that if it wasn't for you, because that's like, that's like, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like a piece of you dies along with that. So it's just like, literally it did, because you, yeah. you were him, you shared DNA with him. Yeah. So this is like so. a, it's like, where do I go from here? Like, I feel like I didn't get everything from this. And th- these are the feelings that I was feeling at the time. Like, I felt like I didn't get I didn't get what I needed to get from my parents before they like before he just left me. And it was like, like, why would you just leave me? And like the issues that he had, too, was just like that was a lot of the feeling, too, because just like what he wasn't went through. able to be and, yeah. consistent. And it was just like, what did it was a lot of like questioning. I'm not going to lie. It was a lot of questioning. God, I definitely question my faith a lot. A lot. Just because, like, I'm like, why did you, why why did you take my parent away that I barely had, like, the take away all the rest of the time that I could have had with them now that I have, I'm, I'm a, able to make, like, more of my own choices type. So, it was like, if I wanted to, I could have saw him more when I got older, like, that type of thing. Like, I was just like, why would you take away my opportunity to be able to bond with my parents? And it was a lot of, like, self-blaming, too. Not even going to lie. I dealt with a lot of guilt. Yeah, just a because you guys weren't on the best of terms when yeah. he passed away. Yeah. But there's another even side story to that. Um, even though you guys weren't on speaking terms, he was still reaching out to me. 
like she I just like I, I couldn't force her to speak to him. That's another thing I, I love about my mom's yeah. parenting. Like she she understood the relationship that I had with my dad and my parent. And if you're like if you're a parent of a kid that's their other parents not really around, like a lot of them try to force if there's nothing seeming like seemingly visibly wrong with the other parent, they will try to force them to go with the other parent. And my mom, or force them to talk to the other parent, the other side of your family, like all of that. My mom never did that. She always left it for me to make my decision when I was old enough and in my in the right age to be able to do so and make a decision for myself. She made it known that if you don't want to talk to him, you don't have to. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to talk to that other side, your other side of the family, you don't have to. Like if they make you feel some type of way, you don't have to. And she never made me. Yeah, I, I would always like, encourage it. Yeah. But it's ultimately it's not she my will always give me she will always allow the space for me to make my own uh, informed decision. informed decision. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that comes from me um being raised in two separate households. Um my mm-hmm. child had a good childhood. You know, like I said, I still have my parents. I have a good relationship with my father and my stepmom, and I have a good relationship with my mom. Um, but understanding, like, as a child who grew up in with their parents not living in the same house, my dad and stepmom lived a place, and my mom, I'm her only child. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was forced to go. To go. And there was a time in my life where um, I didn't want to go. Like, I... I didn't want to go. It was a lot of things I didn't necessarily understand, but I didn't feel connected to that side of the family when I was that age. So I felt like I was in the way. I felt like I'm only here out of obligation because the judge said that y'all had to have me and I was, I'm just here. Why am I here? And I never wanted, I I never wanted my kids to feel like unwanted. And it's not that they didn't want me. Yes, I was a court order, it was just like I said, I was a kid and nothing was explained to me. So exactly. I didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, we think everything is about us. And so I internalized that for a long time and it created a wound in me that never needed to really be there. So when it comes to my kids and having to raise my kids as a single mom in two different households, um, though I encouraged you to have a relationship yeah. with that side like of the family. You always left that open. You never like yeah. took that away from me, but you also gave me the choice to make my own decision yeah and if it didn't suit me to like talk to him or whatever and you never made me yeah even though I strongly encouraged but he always knew too like he would call me and leave me messages yeah like pass this message to her have her call me and I would let her hear the message Mm -hmm. like you need to call your dad he'd be like yeah he thought he trying to reach out to you like she would always let me know it was always just me Deciding whether or not I wanted to heed the advice. Yeah. Another thing, while and we're it's still probably talking an unpopular about this, way to raise your kids, mm, unpopular opinion, it but. shouldn't be because <laughs> my mother was very transparent with me all throughout my entire childhood, and I cannot thank her more for it because I know so many parents in our community, <laughs> specifically, we are not transparent with our children. We keep a lot of things from them. We just tell them it's because I said so. Because I said, why did you say so? You never get an explanation. It's just because they said so. And I feel like with my generation, a lot of people my age, well, backtrack, hearing from people of like my grandmother's age, like talk about people from my age, they feel like we're not owed an explanation for anything. We ask too many questions we don't do what we're supposed to we're overly sensitive and that's how they feel about a lot of people my age and i honestly don't think that enough questions were asked Mm -hmm. a lot of them were shut down when we were kids when they were kids and Mm -hmm. that's the reason why they think like that and i honestly feel like it'll help your relationship with your parents so much more if you just or if the parent is transparent with the child Mm -hmm. because uh, we're not stupid like my six-year-old sister She asked me questions that I never would have thought a six-year-old would ask me. These kids, the little ones, as of right now, are not dumb. Mm -hmm. All of them know what they're doing, and they're extremely emotionally aware. And I honestly feel like a lot of that can be attributed to to social media and the fact that they have Mm -hmm. access to that type of information. So they know what their emotions are. They know how they feel. Mm -hmm, They They know what's happening. They're being taught that in in the programming. 
Exactly. They're being taught that in the programming. And I, I love it, actually. But I think um, a lot of, like, my parenting is, like, I I kind of adopted a long time ago. Being a young mom, for one, we're very close in mm-hmm. age. So <laughs> I kind of understand. I wasn't, I was 18 not that much longer, not right. that long ago. So I kind of understand. But also, um, I used to raise you like that. Kids are to be seen and not heard. Shut up. Be quiet. I know that's why I can tell I'm the difference. I'm going to whip your butt. Like, yeah, exactly. I, was ra- I raised her like that until <laughs> I saw where social media was going and understanding that, okay, hold on, the world is a lot more open. Mm-hmm. There are things I can't shield my kids from. Exactly. Like, and it's a thing where if you, when I was younger, my mom, like when I was a lot younger, my mom kind of raised me like that. So it also opened, technology was kind of up and coming during that time. And I had access to technology. I was a spoiled oldest child. So mm-hmm. I had anything I wanted. So if I, if I had a question and she didn't feel like answering it, I would just look it up. That's a dangerous place for any child to be because the internet Seven, is not to be played with. Mm-hmm. The internet is not to be played with. Honestly, I just feel like a lot of that, though, is just properly, not like necessarily shielding them, but properly shielding them. You can't shield just your kids from anything anymore. What you want them to see. That's not possible. You don't think so? No, because information, all information is readily available to everybody. So whereas our parent, my parents, could actually spoon feed me the stuff mm-hmm. like I could not have TV and not have phone and not have access to the world right literally I'd be in my room with a book because I had no access if it wasn't TV radio we had com- I didn't have a computer at mama's house until I was a teenager That's so wild. I didn't have access to the world but now, like I said, information is so readily available. So whereas I could be spoon fed at my parents' discretion what I was exposed to, that doesn't exist. So my parenting style is to teach you how to deal with situations ahead of time <laughs> because I know that you're going to encounter this thing. So when you see X, Y, Z, this is how you handle it. Mm-hmm. And you have these scenarios. So I think... It's important to give our kids as parents in this generation, it's important to allow our kids to make age appropriate decisions and not crucify them for it. Because there's going to be a lot of decisions that our kids are going to have to make at a very young age when we're not present. Because not only are we parenting our kids, we are parenting our kids from other people's bad parenting. Mm -hmm. So just because I don't allow my kid to watch whatever, I don't allow my kid to play GTA doesn't mean that little Tyrone in the first grade class wasn't watching strippers on GTA last night and is going to tell my little Timmy about it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't allow my kid to listen to Sexy Red, but <laughs> but, if but a little kid, little Malaysia, little Malaysia, or little or or little Lisa in the class, no Pound Town word for word, and my baby's like, hold on, what are you singing? What's that? My booty hole? What? Like. <laughs> I'm shielding my kids from other people's bad parenting. Yeah. Like, that's literally what we do. So the best thing we can do at, even at, like, my six-year-old makes age-appropriate decisions for herself because I want, we need to create good decision makers. I don't want, and and as a parent, because the choices it are saves infinite. you a lot of stress. And this is what I've recently learned in dealing with you. Like I said, I have to trust my parenting. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, my parenting style I have taught you how to make good decisions, even though I question (laughs) sometimes your decision-making skills. I know that I have given you the foundation to be able to make the decisions you need to make. You have a moral compass, even if you don't make the right decisions or the decisions I agree with all the time, because I don't believe there's right or wrong decisions. It just may not be a decision that I agree with, which doesn't necessarily make it wrong because it could Mm -hmm. be right for you. It's just not what I agree with. And just understanding, like, I did a good job of giving you a foundation. Mm-hmm. So you have a moral compass. You know, like, I've let you make, I've let you have the blue pill or the red pill before. And you, sometimes you got to take the red pill because you don't think fat meat greasy. And I, and I got to take my hands off of it. Yep. And I, sometimes I got to let you fall age appropriately. So, like, even with my 14-year-old, if she don't make the right decision, like, I don't check my kids' grades at all. I do not check homework. 
I don't check grades. I set the expectation, and when the report card come out, if the grades don't look right, I've already given you consequence A, B, and C, so you already know. Right. I don't even have to worry about it. You know what to expect. Yeah. I'm not checking your homework every night. I'm not emailing your teacher. If you need something, you see the teacher every day. I got my own job. You ask the teacher for help. That's like, I don't you taught do that. us independence. Yes. A lot of people my age do not know that. Because I'm not parenting kids for the rest of my life. I am teaching you to leave me so I can live my life. I want to be able to come over your house when you're 35 and visit my grandkids and know when I leave, you're going to be okay. Right. Because I taught you everything you needed to know. I want to be able to live my life one day because being a sandwich, I'm a millennial. So, again, I still have my great-grandparents. My, I still have my grandparents, your great-grandparents. So I started young. I had you at 19. I have three kids. I have a six-year-old still. But my parents are in their 60s. So as soon as I'm done raising my six-year-old, I'm going to have to take care of my parents. Dang. So I my window of that. time to really have to myself, it's, I might get a smooth four or five years if I'm lucky. Maybe. <laughs> so... I really want to make sure that my kids I ain't got to worry about. Right. Make sure they stay. Yeah. And I mean, it's my pleasure to be able to take care of the people around me. But at some point, I want to be able to take care of myself. Right. And yes, it probably sounds selfish. No. But I think that we do ourselves as parents a disservice when we put our kids in a position to need us for the rest of our lives. It's selfish. Mm-hmm. You're not you're not teaching them anything. It's for your own self-pleasure. You want your kid to hit whatever mark or check off whatever box that you didn't, and it's self-serving. Living vicariously through your your kids. Don't do it. And that goes back to, like, having (laughs) parents that post all their kids' accomplishments. Like, I hate that. Like, I post my kids with their permission, and I will never post my kids' accomplishments or failures online. Right. Because you should be allowed to fail in peace. You should also be allowed to succeed in peace if you choose to. Exactly. And I shouldn't take that away from you because social media has enough pressure on adults. So if I'm posting my kid getting straight A's every semester. And they get a B. They 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 always win varsity. They always do this. When they fail, they're not going to know how to fail because they have to feel like they got to reach this standard all the time. And that's so unfair to our babies. It's unfair because we should be allowed. We were allowed to fail and succeed in peace. I got stories. Me and my bestie going to the grave. We was on some BS at your age, okay? (laughs) I'm weak. (laughs) But the world will never know because I was allowed to do my mess in peace. And we need to allow our kids to grow at their pace and their way and feel safe with us and and know, like, okay, if I don't want this to be shared, I'm not going to share it. I ask permission every time I post y'all. You do. Even my six-year-old, I don't post her Legos, her little videos with her. I don't post the pictures she'll I don't post nothing without my kids' permission because that's your autonomy. Right. And we already deal with it enough with it being taken away with us even just having access to a phone. We give away our privacy, and we don't even Mm -hmm. know it for real. Yeah. We just doing it, just giving it away because it seems fun for us because we're looking for the validation from everybody else. It's another thing that my generation struggles with. Mm Mm-hmm. Feedback is that everything. that definitely definitely is something I've realized in my own self. Like going to adult school because I just finished nail tech school. So with that, beauty school is completely self paced. You do everything on your own. They're not gonna check up on you. They're not gonna see. Oh, little Kai, did you do your homework today? So that helped that I never no. checked your homework, huh? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, I never checked her homework, and she graduated with a three point two GPA. Let me just say I that did. I did, and I got I passed ten classes in two months. With all A's. Boom. Yes, I sure (laughs) did. But yeah, just like I've realized that in myself with like me going to adult school. Like I'm like, look what I did. And they're like, no one cares because everyone's doing. I'm like, oh, because like in in regular school, like they'll give you be like, oh, my God, great job. This, that and the third. You'll post it on Instagram and it'll get 15 million likes. And you'll be like, oh, my God, the whole world loves me. But that also like while you're growing up trying to learn what works for you and what doesn't it kind of messes you up because it's kind of messed me up in my relationship too just because constantly looking for validation that I'm getting when I'm by myself when I'm on my phone 
constant, constant, constant when I'm going to talk to people and have conversations with them. And not everybody going to give you that validation. Because everybody don't give Everybody them. don't care. Everybody got their own stuff going yes. on. And everybody has everything. their own thing going on. And they have their own accomplishments and their own setbacks and their own life. So I'm just like, dang, like it's something I've realized in myself, like, you have to be the validation for yourself. And that's a lot of like this mm. self-love movement. It definitely needs to happen because mm. a lot of us have grown up with the validation from other people constantly since the day we're born, posting on social media. Oh, my God, look at this beautiful baby. Look at this baby's first steps. Oh, my God, my kid is talking. They're walking and they're nine months. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And when you just look at all that. And then you look and you're just constantly having it through your entire childhood. And then when you turn 18, everybody just stops caring because you're an adult. There's no reason for everybody to tell you, oh, my God, to boost your ego. You're an adult. So you're living life just like everybody else. You're not doing nothing more special than Joe or Sasha right next to you. Mm -hmm. Y'all are all doing the same thing. And the gag is that Joe or Sasha's accomplishments, they don't care. No, they don't. Because what becomes important to you when you're an adult is different. So what's what I value and what you value is different. Mm-hmm. You might think that you accomplished something because you bought a Tesla and a big house. Meanwhile, I, I want to live in a van. Them. But I want to <laughs> live in a van my whole life. So I'm <laughs> proud of myself for going to buy this van that I spent $1,500 right. on and fixing it up and living out of it for the next... Everybody's goals are not the same everybody's everybody's idea of success is not the same either yeah yeah and i've I've realized that that's why along with that self-love movement comes my greatest device you know you know my greatest device is hit me you know my greatest device is i say it all the time the world would be a better place if if everybody just minded their own business yeah period point blank mind your business i live by that i say that now and Mm -hmm. Yeah, you kind of beat it into me, but I yeah, it's no definitely the truth. Yeah, the world and that's not just oh my god, mind your own business. Don't ask. No, it's literally mind your business. If you care about what you have going on, you don't have time to worry about what everybody else has Mm -hmm. going on. Like I literally live in my own world. I did not realize until recently how much I've been living in my own world. (laughs) I will pop my AirPods in and be listening to music and singing loud in the grocery store. Like, I literally be in my world all the time. And I love that for me. Mm -hmm. Mom, I realized, like, she kind of grew, she raised us that way, too, though. We just uh, were like, oh, I'm going to touch on a a subject that I've kind of been wanting to talk about. Go ahead. Okay, so... This is taking a complete turn from everything else we've been talking about. But I didn't know how I didn't know how much like people don't care about how old you are when they try to hit on you. Oh, when it comes to kissing. When it comes to adulting. That shell shocked the crap out of me. No, they don't care. I did not know how many people have been waiting till I turned 18 to to talk to to me until I turned 18. I found out. Oh, no, I I found out. I told her, welcome to womanhood. I was like, what is what is this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we all have. I've definitely was preyed on. It was shell shock for me. And the sad part about it is as a woman, it's common. I and feel like they're like every woman has that. And that's the problem. Yeah, it is a problem. <laughs> that's the problem. I had a situation I just went through where I had an uncomfortable I had an uncomfortable encounter with a man that was older than me coming at me like like trying to talk to me, but just in an inappropriate way. And I told somebody and they basically were like, You're eighteen now. You're a woman. You're supposed to deal with that. And just like when I get nervous or like somebody mm-hmm. makes me uncomfortable, I won't say a thing. I will be like, look at you. Like, why are you why are you doing that? And I wear my emotions on my face. So, you'll know. But it was just like they were like, you should have you should have did this and you should have did that. And you're just supposed to deal with it because you're because you're a woman. You're Absolutely 18 and you're not. pretty and this and that. And I'm like, are you serious right now? No, but that's <laughs> I'm not supposed how to be I made to be uncomfortable. You. So. And that's why I was like a shell shock. I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's why it was a shell shock. I was like surprised. Yeah, no, that doesn't get talked about enough. Yeah. Because I didn't have to deal with that until I turned 18. And I was like, like jaw dropped. 
Yeah, there there were definitely a, a lot of grown men. And what do you think that's attributed to? Mm, I don't even know. Because I can't even, like, rationalize it my own self. Cause you, I haven't, don't, I, you haven't thought about it enough mm, yet? No. Because I still see, like, I, I can't get it through my head why anybody would think that that's okay. Um, What I can say as far as how to deal with it is just always make sure that you set your boundaries. Yeah. Boundaries. Closed mouths don't get fed. Boundaries are huge. Long time ago. And don't be afraid to speak up. There's like you said, there's a whole generation to where that's like expected. Mm-hmm. I was shell shocked about it, too. And the thing about it is in the generation we live in, some girls would be like flattered by that or impressed by that. But I think that goes back to too, like what we were talking about earlier. You don't have a daddy wound. True. <laughs> so uh, like a, a young lady that may be seeking that love from a man would be like oh this older man is attracted to me and that like they'll be filling that hole with that older man seeking that love that their father didn't give them but you don't have that wound true so you like hold on this is weird yeah i'm like you I my, don't you my daddy's your, age what literally <laughs> like what like i don't i don't need your validation or care right. or love because i'm not lacking that right and so i think that that's a huge thing which is why I think it's important to have, even if even if young ladies don't necessarily have their father per se in to their have life, like a male to have figure. a male safe place. That is very true because I'm not going to say like, I definitely have a male safe place, but I'm not going to say like I didn't know how to deal with the situation because I don't know how to deal with men because I know how to deal with men in a platonic way or even like men that I grew up around that are like, like father figures to me like I they they taught me how to like talk to them but I never had to deal with nothing like that and I feel like that's why I was shell-shocked but I I do get what you're saying it does help so that you know how Mm -hmm. to at least conduct yourself how to navigate that and I think for women it's important period to have male safe places I'm not gonna say necessarily male friends we had this conversation I have an unpopular opinion that most men can't just be friends with yeah. you. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, I agree with that. I agree with that to a certain extent because I do have dude friends that I'm friends with, like purely platonically. Yeah, same. I got a lot of them. But I definitely, a lot of them, I definitely had to tell them what was what first. You got to set the boundary first. I feel like any man won't. Well, this is this is just me. I don't have much experience, y'all. So don't don't flame me, please. But I feel like a man will not approach you if he does not find something in you that he thinks is attractive or attracts him to you in general at all add to that that's not and that that's that is partially true but sometimes men will go for the low-hanging fruit so So it's not necessarily how he how you look which could be part of it the way you carry yourself nope it is some men are good at seeing where your cracks are. So they're going to play to those weaknesses. Long game. Yeah. I understood. So, and this, understood. this ain't just, this is because, A, I've had it happen to me when uh-huh. I was in a certain place. And, B, I got a lot of male friends. They so put you on game. They put me on game. Yeah. So sometimes, sometimes, and uh, I would say a lot of insecure men go for low-hanging fruit. A man that's secure in himself, a man that's secure in himself, knows what he wants, knows where he's going in life. He's always going to go up. So mm-hmm. a man that is secure within himself, regardless of what he has, it's the internal self-security. If he's secure within himself, regardless of what's going on around, he's going to go for the woman that's up here mm-hmm. because that's what he feels like he deserves. Right. But a man that's insecure is going to go for the low-hanging fruit because that's what he feels like he deserves. So that's that's a little little pro tip that I've learned. Like I said, I got a lot of male friends, so I pay attention. I'm very observant. I also feel like tell every woman should have a male friend. That's an unpopular opinion. But I have a lot of older uh, older male mm-hmm. friends that are my mom's age that have put me on games yeah. so much to stuff I would have never known about had I been. Like, it didn't matter. It really doesn't matter how long you're around a man, like, in your life growing up. 
because the relationship between men and women are always going to be different when you turn 18 or when you get older as an adult. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be always going to be different between men, men that you grew up around, like adults, like parents, uncles, all that. That's different than when you start having relationships and stuff with men is like there's just stuff you wouldn't know. If mm -hmm. you didn't have that, and you gotta have a sounding, to a solid sounding board because some men are gonna give you bad advice. Yeah, on purpose. On purpose. On purpose. Okay, but you know, others will have your best interest at heart. Yeah, and I've been blessed enough to have a lot of men in my life that are sound, secure voices, even if they're my friends. Yeah. That's definitely something that has kind of saved me and kind of saved me in my relationship, too, because I'm dating an older person right now. So there's a lot of things that I wouldn't have known about him had I had not asked. And it's not even like known about him in particular, like as a person, it's knowing about him as his chemistry as a man, like knowing what they look at, what they look for, like all of that experiences, everything, especially when you've been in it. So getting that type of information from somebody that has been in it or lives it is just really important. I'm sorry, can you this book? It's okay. I think my next guest is here. Send it. Oh, crap. <laughs> this is real time, y'all. This is what we doing. <laughs> All right, I think our time is up. That was a good conversation. I'm going to have to have you back, boo. Yes, ma'am. I do talk a lot, though. I told you, I told y'all once, 10 minutes in, she yeah. picked up. Look at where the coffee is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, y'all. Well, we will see y'all on the next episode. Thank you for tuning in. You can find us on all social media platforms, YouTube. Check out our Facebook group. And I guess that's it. Bye, y'all.